Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a couple of local farmers and find out how harvest is coming along. Also, we'll get a cattle market update from Brian Peria with Canfax. We'll get reaction from the Canadian Federation of Agriculture on the election results. And up first in today's country comment, Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang will stop by to give us an update on the soybean harvest. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is the province's Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang to give an update on the soybean harvest. Started about so uh, just about a week ago on some of the first fields in the uh, Latelier uh, uh, area, and over the last week we've seen uh, a few more combines rolling down the field. Um, last weekend, uh, especially with the hot, dry weather, a number of growers were starting on on some of the earlier maturing varieties. And um, from the early reports uh, in uh, in the southern part of like Altona, Latelier, um, you know those areas, Emerson. I'm hearing some very respectable numbers. A lot, there's a lot of surprises. I'm um, hearing some 30, 30 to 35 bushel yields, even some 40s uh, being uh, taken off right now. Uh, with that being said, though, um, I've also heard in you know some of the really dry regions, kind of in the Brunkhill area, where the yields are in that 15 bushel per acre range. Um, different scenario up in that in those neck of the woods. It's, it's way too dry. So. Uh, but still early times yet, lots more beans to go yet, um, and we'll see how things progress uh, now that we've now, I'm assuming later this afternoon or tomorrow we'll be back at the harvest again. Uh, some of us were shut down during that uh, rainfall that we had yesterday. So, Do you think the, uh, the some of those later rains that we had helped? Or? You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things with soybeans. You think you know everything, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, things change. Like, for example, I, you know, early on, uh, I would have said between 25 to 30 bushel per acre based on how dry things were. But, uh, you know, the plants that have rooted down really well um, have been able to take advantage of any rainfall that was there. I think in some cases it makes a difference on what kind of stubble it was put on. So if it was put on, let's say, a cereal grain uh, from last year and there was, you know, maybe a little bit better moisture levels than, let's say, the canola, that may play into it. Um, we're also seeing in, in some regions, and especially in the really, really dry areas, some plants that have started to um, regrow, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, you go in there and there's, there's a strip in the field that's grass green, there's no pods on it, but yet they're starting to put out buds. So we're trying to figure out exactly what's, you know, what's causing that. The initial thought that I have is that it's, it's related to the extreme dry conditions and the plants during that flowering period kind of shut down and, and weren't really growing. And now that we've gotten rains in August and September, they've kind of started again. So meaning the apical, apical dominance of the plant uh, has kind of gotten turned around and, and, uh, and now it, it's starting to, it wants to try to produce pods again. Um, so we're seeing pockets of that around the province as well, but we're still investigating to see if it's any other potential causes. But uh, you know, most likely, you know, the drought conditions are, are something, or the dry conditions are something that we're really seeing this year. So, and what about uh, dry beans? Um, dry bean progress right now is sitting about thirty percent harvested. Uh, a little slower going right now. Uh, yields are kind of all over the board. I think a lot of it's going to be in that, you know, um, 
thousand to thirteen hundred pound range, with some numbers being below a thousand, and and I've even heard some reports of some good yields above sixteen hundred pounds in, in that eighteen hundred pound range. Again, very dependent upon rainfall at the uh, at, at the correct time. I guess as far as timing, you know, are things pretty much on track here compared to a normal year? Or? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I think things are moving along. We're, we're like normally by mid-September, we're into our soybean harvest, and that's what we're doing now. Um, there's still lots more beans to go yet, and uh, I think we're, you know, we're we're somewhat normal, I guess. There's going to be some later varieties that growers won't start for another week or so yet, um, and that makes sense based on the maturity. And uh, but yeah, you know, the early if early indications uh, are telling much of a story, we might have a little bit better yield. Uh, than when, what we were initially projecting in the summertime, so which is which is a good surprise, I think. But again, you know, we'll see how things progress over the next few weeks. So, right. Uh, anything else here, Dennis? Or, um, you know, I think you no. Know, the most part, I think growers are just uh, whether it's dry beans or whether it's soybeans, uh, uh, growers are able to take it off in, in dry conditions. And I think, and, and the seed moisture is dry, so that's that's a definite benefit. Um, in the dry beans, there's. You know, there might be a few cases where there's green plants still hanging around yet. Um, they haven't quite matured yet. So that may slow progress in certain, in certain on certain fields where you might be able to harvest the majority of the field, but then there's pockets in the field that might be still just a little delayed uh, because of the dry conditions this year, and they'll have to wait a few more days yet before they can get in there and harvest. So That was the province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture is looking forward to working with the re-elected minority Liberal government. Here is CFA First Vice President Keith Curry. Well, certainly uh, we're going to continue to focus on some of the things we did prior to the election. Uh, certainly with 2023 bringing in a new uh, national policy framework, uh, we're going to continue to work with the government on the next one, whatever that's going to be called, and in particular the, the business risk management aspect uh, of the next policy framework. I think certainly the drought in Western Canada and Northern Ontario has shown that uh, a more responsive, reactive program is needed for disaster situations, and that'll be part of our conversations going forward and, on how we can minimize the impact of, of unexpected and uncontrolled things like a, like a drought. Prices for feeder cattle and calves have been strong as of late. Brian Peria is manager, senior analyst at Canfax. You know, yearlings actually were strengthening up till a week or two ago, uh, getting into the fall run. But uh, I think most of the yearlings have already traded, and, and, and maybe the markets, futures markets, and that have actually been struggling a fair bit. They've come under some pressure last couple weeks for sure, and, and maybe seeing a slight pullback on feeders. But just a you know couple cents. Still seeing some nine-weight steers into the 190s. So, so pretty good strength there. Calves fairly flat, uh, maybe also some market pressure coming, I think, as we head into the fall run. Some potato growers are reporting better yields than last year, but generally reports are of average to lower yields. Vikram Bisht is with Manitoba Agriculture. So far, there is uh, no issue with quality. The normal rot that uh, we see uh, does happen, but it is uh, much lower than normal. These are the, you know, the potatoes in the uh, irrigation uh, wheel ruts. And so when you see them, they, they are basically gone. Overall quality is very, very good so far. Bish says there were no cases of late blight reported this year. Potato harvest is sitting at about 42% complete. And Manitoba Agriculture says soybean harvest is about 13% complete across the province. 
Dennis Lang is Manitoba Agriculture's Pulse Specialist. The early reports uh, in uh, in the southern parts of like Altona, the Tellier, you know, those areas, Emerson, I'm hearing some very respectable numbers. A lot, there's a lot of surprises. I'm hearing some 30, 30 to 35 bushel yields, even some 40s. I've also heard in you know some of the really dry regions, kind of in the Brunkhild area, where the yields are in that 15 bushel per acre range. Um, different scenario up in that in those neck of the woods. It's way too dry. So, uh, but still early times yet. Lots more beans to go yet. Manitoba's dry bean harvest is about 30 percent complete in the central region. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, September 22nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a cattle market update from Brian Peria with Canfax. Up first, we'll get reaction to the election from the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Joining us now is Keith Curry, first vice president with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, to give his reaction on the election result, another liberal minority government. Well, certainly going into the election, I don't think anybody should be surprised by the outcome. I think all the polls indicated we have, you know, uh, something very similar to what we had previous. And of course, as the results came through, that that proved to be true. So. Well, there are a few uh, new, new elected MPs who we are hoping to sit down and meet with. Uh, we're, we're dealing with a lot of the same uh, elected officials. So if nothing else, that should prove uh, or should serve to uh, give us a smooth uh, transition period into the next, uh, into the next government. Yeah, and I guess as you continue to work with the, uh, with the Liberal government, what will be your key priorities here moving forward? Well, certainly, uh, we're going to continue to focus on some of the things we did prior to the election. Uh, certainly, with 2023 bringing in a new uh, national policy framework, uh, we're going to continue to work with the government on the next one, whatever that's going to be called, and in particular, the, the business risk management aspect uh, of the next policy framework. I think certainly the drought in Western Canada and Northern Ontario has shown that uh, a more responsive, reactive program is needed for disaster situations, and that'll be part of our conversations going forward and, on how we can minimize the impact of, of unexpected and uncontrolled things like a, like a drought. And also we'll continue to work on, uh, certainly climate change was front and foremost for all the parties. Uh, certainly we want to continue to advocate for how agriculture can be the partner going forward uh, on mitigation and adaptation and how they can work with us uh, more closely. And we certainly want to, to uh, make sure that we include our, our opposition parties in that conversation as well so that they too can advocate on, on our behalf. And, you know, labor continues to be a, a longstanding chronic issue that we're dealing with. And we want to make sure that uh, governments are addressing the needs of agriculture, uh, not only on farm, but through the value chain to address these uh, labor shortages. CFA hosted um, an ag leaders debate uh, earlier this month. Um, were you, I guess, satisfied with the focus that was that was put on agriculture during the election? Or? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and generally speaking, uh, you know, we're always as farmers, we're always looking for uh, those sound bites during campaigns and those uh, uh, speeches that acknowledge agriculture. And, and certainly, I think all the parties had agriculture in the platform, which was great to see. Uh, we need to continue to make our elected officials understand that it's not just about the folks on the farm, but it's about the industry as a whole and how they can 
further advance it because it certainly is going to continue to be that economic driver, not only as we come out of the pandemic, but even going into the future. So making sure our trade deals are where they need to be, make sure the investment uh, opportunities for value added are there so we can continue to harness the economic uh, promise that our, our products provide, uh, not only here in Canada, but around the world. And 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 as I mentioned, the world is focusing on climate change. And certainly when you look at agriculture, we are a huge part of the, the solution to reaching the targets that the government's looking to, to achieve. So let's start setting up the, those partnership uh, initiatives where we can uh, really dive in and, and we're looking for them to help us do more. And, and, and that will be our focus going forward. And uh, Keith, wanted to just get a bit of an update on the, on the Hay West initiative as well. Yeah, we're, uh, Hay is now moving, uh, both by rail car and by, by truck. Uh, we are still gathering lots of supply. We have a fair bit here, and we are still uh, gathering more supply and, and working on the distribution of it when it gets to its final destination. Uh, just for, for anyone who's listening, uh, certainly they can, uh, if you're a hay provider or you are looking to get hay, uh, we have a website up and running, uh, haywest2021.net, and uh, you can go on there for more details. Still looking for donations of hay and donations of money for to help out with the funding on the transportation, and and but things are starting to move, and and we need to look at this uh, in the long term. It's not just about hay today for the folks, the livestock operations that need it, but they're also going to need this this feed throughout the the winter months. So we're going to continue this initiative, and and so the more feed that we can get to move, uh, the better it will be. That was Keith Curry, first vice president with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Continuing on today's Prairie Ag Wire, we're joined now by Brian Peria with Canfax to get a cattle market update. Prices, for the most part, feeder cattle and calves have been pretty darn strong. Um, you know, yearlings actually were strengthening up till a week or two ago, uh, getting into the fall run. Um, but uh, I think most of the yearlings have already traded, and, and, and maybe the markets, futures markets, and that have actually been struggling a fair bit. They've come under some pressure last uh, a couple weeks for sure, and, and maybe seeing a slight pullback on feeders, uh, but just a you know, couple cents. Still seeing some nine-weight steers into the 190s, so, so pretty good strength there. Calves, uh, fairly flat, uh, maybe also some market pressure coming, I think, as we head into the fall run. Uh, some of the nearby barley costs have kind of crept higher until, you know, there's a lot of corn to come up, but um, that's probably not going to start flowing for another month. And in the short term, barley prices have uh, been creeping back up here this week again and maybe putting a little bit of pressure on the calf market as well. Last week, uh, we saw a fire at the uh, JBS plant in, in Nebraska. Any impact, I guess, on the markets from that or...? Oh, luckily, very minimal. Uh, you know, that was a bit of a scare, obviously. The, the, we've had a few hiccups in the system. But, yeah, part of the rendering plant that burnt, and literally they only lost one day of cattle processing. So all, all that said is, uh, uh, you know, that was a, uh, luckily a very minor uh, hiccup in, in production down in the United States. The feed situation heading into winter, um, how's that looking? Yeah, you know, I guess luckily, you know, across all of the prairies here, we've caught some rains, uh, you know, grass greened up. It took some of the pressure off uh, marketing for sure. You know, we were seeing quite a pickup in cow marketing, especially in Manitoba in August, uh, but that's really slowed off big time. So, you know, I think guys got ahead of it a bit and culled pretty hard early, and with this rain and grass growing, uh, 
that's certainly helped. And, um, you know, I think a lot of guys have been salvaging crops, uh, some green feed, some slough hay, some different things in order to, uh, you know, hopefully keep the cows uh, through the winter. Um, you know, prices are still extremely high. Grain's expensive. Hay's expensive. But uh, for just plain beef cows, uh, guys have found that and some straw and, uh, and different ways to, to keep the herd as you say, probably still a bit higher culling, and you know some guys are selling heifers. We're seeing maybe more heifers, or we are seeing more heifers come to town uh, as well, just uh, to try and keep the you know feed around for the cow herd. Anything else here, Brian? Or? You know the fed cattle markets, uh, you know seasonally, unseasonally, kind of increased through August and into September. So fat prices into the mid one fifties, uh, which is uh, you know not too bad for this time of year as well, which uh, is supportive to the marketplace. That was Brian Peria, Manager Senior Analyst with Canfax, with a cattle market update. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is holding an introduction to holistic management Mondays beginning October 4th and running until November 8th. The online sessions will be held from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. And Egg in Motion is presenting a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Hamiota farmer Justin Knight to get an update on the harvest. Yeah, we just finished up the canola here on Saturday night, so... Kind of nice to be done, earliest we've been done maybe ever, and start thinking about doing some work outside now. Quite a bit of variable returns this year. How was it for yourselves? Yeah, you know, our our barley was a bit lower than we wanted, and um, everything was a little bit off except uh, what we do. We had a couple of high pedigree plots of wheat do pretty well, and um, actually a couple of canola, canola fields there near the end did really well. So we were a little surprised at that because... Um, we didn't have a ton of rain here this year. Were you surprised overall at, at the overall yields uh, despite that lack of moisture? Um, yeah, you know what? We we were a little bit disappointed, but you get looking around across the prairies, and we did we did really well. We are pretty fortunate here in this little pocket. So a little bit disappointed, but on, on the whole, you know, it was a pretty good season. In looking at the neighbors in the region, uh, harvest pretty much wrapped up for everyone, or is there still, uh, still a fair bit going on? Yeah, our area has beans left, it seems. A couple canola fields out there still, but for the most part, the guys are wrapped up if they don't have any beans. And how about the fall work and the moisture situation? Just touch on that. Yeah, we're not going to want to be scratching the soil too much here and dry it up anymore. Hopefully we can get a few more rains. Um, We're going to get out and do some scraping, I guess, maybe fill in the odd slough that there's been dry all year. So that's what we'll be planning on doing the next couple months here. And depending on snowfall through the wintertime, how much precipitation is needed to, to ensure some uh, good germ- germination in the spring? Yeah, no, like you said, we need a lot of snow here to come. We, uh, we were pretty fortunate last year. We had such a high amount of rain reserve there because uh, we didn't get anything this year, and we think that's kind of what held us over. So if we used all that up this year, we're in need of yeah, some snow catch for sure. That was Hamiota farmer Justin Knight chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. I had a chance this morning to chat with Jack Fraze, who farms in the Rheinfeld-Winkler area.
We finished uh, harvesting our canola. We started uh, on the soybeans, uh, a little bit of uh, green foliage there yet, so we're backing off for a day or two, and uh, with uh, all the warm weather we're getting now, we're thinking we can go in a couple of days. Uh, most of our dry beans are cut windrowed, but again, uh, we did have uh, second growth there as well with uh, a lot of greens on the plant, and so we, we cut them, windrowed them, and going to let them lay for a, a week or or two if we need to, just to uh, let them dry down and uh, and then go and get them after that. What's the challenge with that regrowth? Well, if you get the, the green plant material uh, and you put that through your combine, uh, it'll uh, it'll uh, put a, a stain on the beans. And uh, uh, quality uh, deteriorates very quickly then. And, uh, and so but nobody really likes to have that kind of quality of beans. So in order to get the, the better quality, you have to also for... The, the juices of the of the green plant will will uh, cause all kinds of havoc with uh, with your harvesting operation. And the soybeans, how have they been uh, yielding here so far? Uh, not very good. Uh, our our stuff is uh, uh, maybe a third of a crop. So the the stuff that we've harvested so far. I guess that's just due to the dry dry conditions this year. For sure, we yeah. uh, uh, where we had our soybeans uh, missed a couple of uh, of the. Uh, two and three tenths showers that we got on our on our home farm, and this year any uh, little moisture that you did seem to pick up uh, in various places uh, gave you a little better yield, but uh, uh, not for soybeans this year. Besides canola, did you have other crops or we just uh, the dry beans, like I say, and we've cut and windrowed them and ready, uh, just waiting on them to uh, for harvest, and then uh, corn as well, and uh, the, the corn is also a suspect crop. I don't know, some of it looks. Uh, reasonable and and some of it uh, doesn't look good at all so it's going to be a a mixed bag there as well still another few weeks away i guess before harvest or it it is drying down pretty good but uh, yeah it'll be a couple of weeks probably uh um closer to the uh middle of october or maybe maybe slightly earlier the way things have been going the uh the canola how did that uh, turn out for you uh again it was maybe about a 40 percent of a crop uh not what we're used to in the last uh, five, six years, but uh, this year the rains just didn't come, and uh, unfortunately that uh, translates into yield. Field work, have you started on uh, any tillage yet? Or? We have not been doing any tillage. I, again, we're uh, having had this uh, this drought here for a year and a half now. We're a, a little uh, tentative in, in uh, working the fields. We've been uh, uh, actually spraying them instead, just killing the weeds and letting everything... Uh, uh, Stay the way it is, uh, just in case we don't get a whole lot more rain. That was Jack Fraze, a farmer in the Rhineland-Winkler area, giving us an update on harvest. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Ranchers are assessing feed supplies as winter approaches. Brian Peria is Manager of Senior Analyst at Canfax. Luckily, you know, across all of the prairies here, we've caught some rains, uh, you know, grass greened up. It took some of the pressure off uh, marketing for sure. You know, we were seeing quite a pickup in cow marketing, especially in Manitoba in August, uh, but that's really slowed off big time. So, you know, I think guys got ahead of it a bit and culled pretty hard early, and with this rain and grass growing, uh, that certainly helped. And, um, you know, I think a lot of guys have been salvaging crops, uh, some green feed, some slough hay, some different things in order to, uh, you know, hopefully keep the cows through the winter. 
The Canadian Federation of Agriculture is waiting to see who is named as Canada's Agriculture Minister. CFA First Vice President Keith Curry is looking forward to working with the re-elected minority Liberal governments and the opposition parties. We need to continue to make our elected officials understand that it's not just about the folks on the farm, but it's about the industry as a whole and how they can further advance it, because it certainly is going to continue to be that economic driver, not only as we come out of the pandemic, but even going into the future. So making sure our trade deals are where they need to be, make sure the investment uh, opportunities for value added are there so we can continue to harness the economic uh, promise that our our products provide, uh, not only here in Canada, but around the world. The province's edible bean harvest is well underway. Dennis Lang is the province's pulse specialist. Dry bean progress right now is sitting about 30% harvested. Uh, a little slower going right now. Yields are kind of all over the board. I think a lot of it's going to be in that, you know, 1,000 to 1,300-pound range with some numbers being below 1,000. And, and I've even heard some reports of some good yields above 1,600 pounds in, in that 1,800-pound range. Again, very dependent upon rainfall at the uh, correct time. Manitoba's soybean harvest is about 13% complete, and potato harvest is continuing across the province, sitting at about 42% complete. Vikram Bisht is with Manitoba Agriculture. Conditions are good. The bulb temperature is very nice. At the moment, everything looks uh, very nice, except the yields in some areas are lower, but some growers are reporting better than last year production. Bish says the quality of the potato crop is looking good and there were no cases of late blight. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about fall tillage. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.